0: God bless you. Welcome into the study today. We're glad to have you. We're going to be picking it up in Genesis chapter 42 verse 27 in just a moment. Now just a little recap, a a refresher of where we're at being that we left off in the middle of a chapter. The brothers, Joseph's brothers have gone from Canaan into Egypt to buy food. Naturally Joseph recognized them but they didn't recognize him because it's been such a long time and who would think that they would have sold him as a slave? And yet he would have worked his way into such power as being second in command of Egypt, of all of Egypt. So he dealt with them kind of rough. He called them spies. You know, he was really, he was testing them out, seeing what the deal was with them. Pretended he didn't believe them. And he kept one. He kept Simeon with him, but then sent the rest on to go back to the house. And that's where we take off right here. They have loaded up and they're leaving. So, verse 27, we ask for that understanding and, and knowledge from our Father in Jesus' name. And verse 27 reads And as one of them opened his sack to give his ass provender in the inn, he espied his money, for behold, it was in the sack's mouth. And he said unto his brethren, My money is restored. And lo, it is even in my sack. And their heart failed them, and they were afraid, saying one to another, What is this that God hath done to us? So this heart, where their heart failed them, it is basically what we would say is their heart sank. It was, a, it was a terrible feeling. as if one of those in the pit of their stomach. They just knew that this was not going to turn out good. Verse 29, And they came unto Jacob their father unto the land of Canaan and told him all that befell them, saying, The man who is the Lord of the land spake roughly to us and, to- and took us for spies of the country. And he said, and we said unto him, We are true men, we are no spies. We be twelve brethren, sons of our father, one is not. And the youngest is this day with our father in the land of Canaan. So naturally this one is not, they didn't expect this to be Jacob, but to be Joseph, excuse me. Verse 33. And the man, the Lord of the country, said unto us, Hereby shall I know that you are true men. Leave one of your brethren here with me, and take food for the famine of your households, and be gone. And bring your youngest brother unto me. Then shall I know that ye are no spies, but that ye are true men. So will I deliver you, your brother, and ye shall traffic in the land. So Jacob is, Joseph, excuse me, is wanting to see his brother. He's wanting to see Benjamin. And he's also wanting to see if they're still deceptive. And envious as they were, are they just going to leave Simeon here for good? Or are they actually going to stand true to their word? Have they changed, basically? Verse 35, And it came to pass, as they emptied their sacks, that, behold, every man's bundle of money was in his sack. And when both they and their father saw the bundles of money, they were afraid. And Jacob their father said unto him, Me have ye bereaved of my children, Joseph is not, and Simeon is not, and you will take Benjamin away? All these things are against me. And Reuben spake unto his father, saying, Slay my two sons, if I bring him not to thee. Deliver him into my hand, and I will bring him to thee again. Basically, he's begging him. We got to do this. We have to take Benjamin down there so that the Egyptians won't take us for spies, because eventually they're going to run out of food. And they're gonna to have to go back to Egypt. Verse thirty eight, and he said, My son shall not go down with you, for his brother is dead, and he is left alone. If mischief, if mischief befall him by the way in the which ye go, then shall you bring down my grey hairs with sorrow to the grave. Basically saying it'll kill me if anything happens to Benjamin. He's his last son, his youngest son from Rachel, his favorite wife. And naturally, there are only two. There was Joseph and Benjamin from Rachel. And he's saying, if I lose him also, then I've got nothing left. Can't take him. Chapter 43, verse 1. And the famine was sore in the land. And it came to pass, when they had eaten up the corn which they had brought out of Egypt, their father said unto him, Go again and buy us a little food. And Judah, now you remember Judah He's the one that didn't do too, too great with Joseph. And Judah spake unto him, saying, The man did solemnly protest us, unto us, saying, You shall not see my face, except your brother be with you. If thou wilt send our brother with us, we will go down and buy thee food. But if thou wilt not send him, we will not go down. For the man said unto us, Ye shall not see my face, except your brother be with you. Excuse me. Basically, they're not wanting to go back to Egypt without Benjamin, because then they would look even more guilty. They would look as if, as though they lied, and they wouldn't get Simeon back, and they're scared that they're gonna get cast into jail, made bondsmen or whatever. Not only that, but there's this issue of the money being in their sacks. All this stuff is kinda they've got to clear their name. Verse six And Israel said, Wherefore dealt ye so ill with me as to tell the man whether ye had yet a brother? Why did you have to tell him all this? Why did you tell him about the whole family? Why didn't y'all just keep that to yourself is what he's saying here. Verse seven, and they said, the man asked us straightly of our state and of our kindred, saying, is your father yet alive? Have you another brother? And we told him according to the tenure of these words. Could we certainly know that he would say, bring your brother down. So basically, I said, look, he spoke straight with us. We were being truthful and honest with him. Verse 8, And Judah said unto Israel his father, Send the lad with me, and we will arise and go, that we may live and not die, both we and thou and also our little ones. Basically, our back's against a wall. We've got to do this. If we don't do this, we're going to starve to death. So... We got to, you got to let him go. Verse nine, I will be surety for him. Of my hand shalt thou require him. If I bring him not unto thee and set him before thee, then let me bear the blame forever. Now, this is a lot different than the Judah when dealing with Joseph. They, he treated him terribly, took no responsibility. But in this one, he's saying, no, 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 no. I got this. If anything happens, it's on me. He changed quite a bit. Verse 10, for except we had lingered, surely now we had returned this second time. If you would have just let us go ahead and go and get down there whenever we told you about this, we'd already be back and we'd already have more food. Verse 11, and their father Israel said unto them, if it must be so now, do this. Take of the best fruits of the land in your vessels and carry down the man a present a little balm, and a little honey, spices, and myrrh, nuts and almonds, and take double money in your hand, and the money that was brought again in the mouth of your sacks, carry it again in your hand. Peradventure, it was an oversight. Take also your brother, and arise, go again unto the man. And God Almighty give you mercy before the man, that he may send away your other brother and Benjamin, If I be bereaved of my children, I am bereaved. He says, that's just what it's got to be. He don't like the idea, but he's basically at this point submitting to God's will. Verse 15, And the men took the present, and they took double money in their hand and Benjamin, and rose up and went down to Egypt and stood before Joseph. And when Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to the ruler of his house, Bring these men home, And slay and make ready for these men. For these men shall dine with me at noon. So we're going to have a feast. Invite them in. And the men were afraid because they were brought into Joseph's house. You know, I'd imagine that they were, they were talked or they were accused of being spies before, and now they're being invited to his house. What kind of trickery? You know, they might be thinking, what kind of trickery is this? What's happening? And they said, because of the money that was returned in our sacks, at the first time are we brought in, that he may seek occasion against us and fall upon us and take us, take us for bondmen and our asses. So they're saying, you know, maybe it wasn't an oversight. Maybe they, they counted all the money and saw that they were missing and, and realized how much it was and knew probably where it went. Verse 20. And said, Oh, sir, excuse me, verse 19. And they said, Come near, or, and they came near to the steward of Joseph's house, and they communed with him at the door of the house. And they said, Oh, sir, we came indeed down at the first time to buy food. And it came to pass, when we came to the inn, that we opened our sacks, and behold, every man's money was in the mouth of his sack, our money in full weight, and we have brought it again. In our hand. Now they're being completely transparent. Before basically what they're doing is going to the steward and saying, look, before we get accused of anything, this is what happened. Here's this. Take it all. It's rightfully y'all's. Here you go. Verse 22. And other money we have brought down in our hands to buy food. We cannot tell who put our money in our sacks. We have no idea where the money came from, but look, we brought it back. Here you go. We've got more for what we're going to buy this time. Man, they're trying to square this deal up because they don't know what's happening. And he said, this being the steward, peace be to you and fear not. Your God and the God of your father hath given you treasure in your sacks. I had your money and he brought Simeon out unto them. And the man brought the men into Joseph's house and gave them water and they washed their feet and gave their asses provender, verse 25, and they made ready the present against Joseph came at noon, for they heard that they should eat bread there. Now that, that verse can kind of be confusing. I like the way that Moffat translated it. What Moffat said is they prepared the present for Joseph for Joseph's arrival at noon. It kind of makes a little, it flows a little easier. And when Joseph came home, they brought him the present which was in their hand, into the house and bowed themselves unto him to the earth. And he asked them of their welfare and said, Is your father well? The old man of whom you spake, is he yet alive? So he's still caring about his father. He's checking in on him. He's making sure that everything's good with Jacob. And they answered, Thy servant, our father, is in good health. He is yet alive. And they bowed down their heads and made obeyance. Now, you might remember Joseph's dream in Genesis 37-7 where the haystalks or the bundles bowed down before the one bundle. This is that prophecy. This is that being fulfilled. 29, and he lifted up his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and said, Is this your younger brother of whom you spake unto me? And he said, God be gracious unto thee, my son. And Joseph made haste, for his bowels did yearn upon his brother. And he sought where to weep, and he entered into his chamber and wept there. It was so good to see him again. He was just so glad. This is his full brother. He was so glad to see him again that he was just overcome with emotion. Verse 31. And he washed his face and went out and reframed himself and said, Set on bread. That means, come on, let's eat. And they set on for him by himself, and for them by themselves, and for the Egyptians which did eat with him by themselves, because the Egyptians might not eat bread with the Hebrews, for that is an abomination to the Egyptians. So each everybody had their own table. Basically, they separated them up. Verse thirty-three, and they set therefore, or they set before him the firstborn according to his birthright, and the youngest according to his youth. And the men marveled one at another, and he took and set messes unto them before from before him. but Benjamin's mess was five times so much as any others. and they drank and were merry with him. So what he did here whenever he set the brothers down, he put them in order from oldest to youngest. And you know for them, it had to be a surprise. They still don't know that this is Joseph. And for them, it had to be like, oh my goodness, how in the world could they have just randomly guessed this? There's something going on here. And then Joseph is testing them. You see, the reason that he's in Egypt to begin with is because they sold him because he was the favorite. Jacob played favoritism heavily with Joseph, and it brought so much envy and strife. So now he's testing this again with Benjamin. Because obviously Benjamin is the favorite at this point. Joseph, or Jacob wouldn't let him leave Canaan. They had to really beg him to get to go. I'm sure Joseph knew this. And so now he's testing them to see, are y'all going to be the same people? I'm fisting to stack everything for Benjamin. Are you going to be the same people? Are you going to turn on him like you turned on me? Chapter 44, verse 1. And he commanded the steward of his house, saying, fill the men's sacks with food as much as they can carry and put every man's money in his sack's mouth and put my cup, the silver cup in the sack's mouth of the youngest and his corn and, or, and his corn money. And he did according to the word that Joseph has spoken. All right, we got a little setup going. As soon as the morning was light, the men went, the men were sent away, they and their asses. And when they were gone out of the city, And not yet far off, Joseph said unto his steward, Up, follow after the men. And when thou doest take them, say unto them, Wherefore have you rewarded evil for good? Is not this it in which my Lord drinketh, and whereby indeed he divineth? Ye have done evil in doing so. So basically, hey, you remember my cup that we put in there? Go chase them down and get it back. And he overtook them and spake unto them these words, these same words. And they said unto him, Wherefore saith my Lord these words? Why why would you why are you accusing us? We had a great night, everybody was happy, here you know, y'all wished us well on our way, and now all of a sudden we're getting accused. Excuse me. God forbid that thy servants should do according to this thing. We definitely we don't have a part in this. Behold, The money which we found in our sack's mouth we brought again unto thee out of the land of Canaan. How then should we steal out of the Lord's house silver or gold? Verse nine. With whomsoever of thy servants it be found, both let him die and we also will be my Lord's bondmen. Uh Uh-oh. Obviously, they don't know what's happened. They've not looked in their sacks. They don't know that Benjamin has the cup. And their promise was that they would get Benjamin back to Jacob. And now not only is Benjamin going to be killed, or that's what they're saying, but then all of them are going to be bondmen. So the the fear that Jacob has of being bereaved of all his children, that could, that's that's basically what's going on here. Excuse me. Verse 10. And he said, Now also let it be according unto your words. He with whom it is found shall be my servant, and ye shall be blameless. Basically, I'm going to keep whoever, but then y'all can go. Now really, that would probably, if this came to pass, would probably be more of a punishment because then they would have to go and face Jacob without Benjamin. Verse 11, Then they speedily, took down every man his sack to the ground and opened every man his sack. They knew nobody had it. So they were quick to do it. Yeah, hurry up. You know, let's get this done. Let's show them we're innocent. Verse 12. And he searched and began at the eldest and left at the youngest and the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. Now at this point, this is what Joseph is wanting to see. Will the brothers turn on Benjamin as they turned on him? Will they say, yeah, well, he did it. All right, well, we're fixing to go home. You keep him. Verse 13. Then they rent their clothes and laid every man his ass and returned to the city. They didn't take off. Even though the steward said, you'll be blameless. They didn't take off. 14. And Judah and his brethren came to Joseph's house. For ye was yet there. And they fell before him on the ground. All the brethren, here they are, they're begging, they're pleading. 15, and Joseph said unto him, What deed is this that ye have done? What ye not that such a man as I can certainly divine? So what he's saying is, I can't believe you'd do this. You think I wouldn't know this? You think I, I wouldn't have the sense to understand this? I mean, it's my cup. 16, and Judah said, what? What shall we say unto my Lord? What shall we speak? Or how shall we clear ourselves? God hath found out the iniquity of thy servants. Behold, we are my Lord's servants, both we, and he also with whom the cup is found. They're saying, we don't know what to say. We don't know what happened here. Somehow or another, this cup put in here, but don't send us back. We're all your servants. Let us all be your servants, because if he did it, then count us all blame that we that we all did it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Verse 17. And he said, God forbid that I should do so, but the man in whose hand the cup is found, he shall be my servant. And as for you, get ye up in peace unto your father. I don't want y'all. Only the one that truly did it. Verse 18. Then Judah Came near unto him. Now Judah is the one that dealt real strong against Joseph, and said, O my Lord, let thy servant, I pray thee, speak a word in my Lord's ears, and let not thine anger burn against thy servant, for thou art even as Pharaoh. He's saying, I know how great you are, but please listen to me. Verse 19: My Lord asked his servants, saying, Have you a father or brother? And we said unto my Lord, we have a father, an old man, and a child of his old age, a little one, and his brother is dead, and he alone is left of his mother, and his father loveth him. He's the last one from his favorite wife. 21. And now set us unto, the servants, unto thy servants, bring him down unto me, that I may set my eyes upon him. And we said unto my Lord, The lad cannot leave his father. For if, she, if, if he should leave his father, his father would die. If he were to come down here and not go back, it would, it would kill him. Verse 23. And now said unto thy servants, Except your youngest brother come down with you, ye shall see my face no more. And it came to pass, when we came up unto thy servant, my father, we told him the words of my Lord. And our father said, Go again. And buy us a little food. And we said, we cannot go down. If our youngest brother be be with us, then will we go down. For we may not see the man's face, except our youngest brother be with us. And thy servant, my father, said unto us, ye know that my wife bare me two sons. And the one went out from me. And I said, surely he is torn in pieces. And I saw him not since. And if ye take this also from me, and mischief befall him, ye shall bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to the grave. Now therefore, when I come to thy servant, my father, and the lad be not with us, seeing that he, that his life is bound up in the lad's life, it shall come to pass, when he seeth that the lad is not with us, that he will die, and thy servant's shall bring down the gray hairs of thy servant our father with sorrow to the grave. So what he's saying is, man, you got to let him go back. It's going to kill our father, and it's going to be our fault. No matter what happened, we promised him, you have to let Benjamin go. At least send him. So basically, he's putting his life on the line for Benjamin. Instead of throwing Benjamin to the wolves, Judah's up here taking the rap. He said, whatever i got to do. The boy's got to go back. 32, for thy servant became surety for the lad unto my father, saying, if I bring him not unto thee, then I shall bear the blame to my father forever. Now, therefore, I pray thee, let thy servant abide instead of the lad, a bondman to my Lord, and let the lad go up with his brethren. I'll take his place. You send him. Send him home. I'll take his place. Whatever you got to do, I'll take his place. Verse 34, For how shall I go up to my father and the lad be not with me, lest peradventure I see the evil that shall come on my father? Basically, what he's saying is, I would rather die than have to see the look on my father's face when I show up without Benjamin. Because he made the promise that he would be the one blamed. Whatever happened, he would be the one. So he can't allow himself to go back, and not Benjamin. What a change from the years earlier, from the envious, from the, the one who would put Joseph into the pit and then bring up the idea to sell him. What a change. Chapter 45 and verse 1. Then Joseph could not reframe himself before all them that stood by him, and he cried, cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. So he just, he, he, this show of compassion that all his brothers were going to do anything they could to save Benjamin. It got to him. And he realized that they weren't the same people as they were. And so he sent all the Egyptians out and it was just him and his brother. Verse 2. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. They couldn't believe it. How in the world did this one that we sold as a slave become next to Pharaoh? Verse 4. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. Now that's a very important verse to remember because it's going to come up in a little bit with the brother's attitude towards Joseph, or actually the fear of Joseph's attitude towards the brother's. Verse 6, for these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in which there shall neither be earing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. It was all God's plan to get me here so that through God's blessings, he was raised to this position to be able to save Israel. Verse 8, excuse me, verse 8. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. And he hath made me a father to Pharaoh. Basically, he has made me a counselor to Pharaoh. And the Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Haste ye and go up to my father and say unto him, Thus saith thy son Joseph, God hath made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, tarry not. Don't waste any time. Get down here. I I, want to see. You know, it's been so long since he's seen his father. Drop whatever you're doing. Come on. Verse 10. And thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, and thou shalt be near unto me, thou and thy children, and thy children's children, and thy flocks, and thy herds, and all that thou hast. And there will I nourish thee, for yet there are 5 years of famine lest thou and thy household and all that thou hast come to poverty and behold your eyes and behold your eyes see and the eyes of my brother benjamin that is in my mouth that speaketh unto you and ye shall tell my father of all my glory in egypt and of all that ye have seen And ye shall haste and bring down my father hither. And he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. And Benjamin wept upon his neck. Family reunion. He finally got to see his full brother again. Moreover, he kissed all his brethren and wept upon them. And after that, his brethren talked with him. So it's just basically he got it all off his chest. He was able to not have to act like an Egyptian. He was able to say, Look, it's me. I'm so glad to be back with you guys. I'm so glad everybody's back together. Now, go and get the family. Go and get everybody else. Y'all move down here. Verse 16, And the fame thereof was heard in Pharaoh's house, saying, Joseph's brethren are come. And it pleased Pharaoh well and his servants. And Pharaoh said unto Jacob, Say unto thy brethren, This do ye, laid your beast, and go, get you unto the land of Canaan, and take your father and your households, and come unto me, and I will give you the good land of Egypt, and ye shall eat the fat of the lamb. Now, going from a land which is a famine, and coming in, and Pharaoh saying, Hey, whatever you pick, I'm going to give you the best of the land. You get the best of anything we have down here. What a blessing from God. Verse 19. Now thou art commanded this do ye. Take you wagons out of the land of Egypt for your little ones and for your wives and bring your father and come. Not only bring your stuff, but here we're going to send you a caravan up there so that you can pack all your stuff and then we'll get it down here for you. Verse 20. Also regard not your stuff for the good of all the land of Egypt. Is yours. And the children of Israel did so, and Joseph gave them wagons according to the commandment of Pharaoh, and gave them provision for the way. To all of them he gave each man changes of raiment, but to Benjamin he gave three hundred pieces of silver and five changes of raiment. And to his father he sent after this manner ten asses laden with good things of Egypt, and ten she asses laden with corn and bread and meat for his father by the way. So he gave him enough to feed everybody on their trip back. So he sent his brethren away, and they departed. And he said unto him, See that ye fall not by the way. And they went up out of Egypt, and came into the land of Canaan unto Jacob their father, and told him, saying, Joseph is yet alive, and he is governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart fainted, for he believed them not. He thought he was just messing with them. Basically what he was saying, he kind of, it just, it took him back. He, He just, he wasn't ready for that. Verse 27, and they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said unto them. And when he saw the wagons, which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, their father revived. And Israel said, it is enough. Joseph, my son is yet alive. I will go and see him before I die. So what a great day that must have been, thinking this whole time that Joseph was eaten or torn apart. And now, not only is he alive, but he's governor over Egypt, over all of Egypt. What a great day that would have been for, for Jacob to get this news. What great news. We'll pick it up in chapter 46 in the next study. God bless y'all. Y'all have a great day. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of the Humans Under Grace Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, you can go to our website at www.humansundergrace.com and under the Contact Us page, submit your question. Also, you can write to us at Humans Under Grace, P.O. Box 1467, Tatum, Texas, 75691. Thank you and God bless you.